Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Podcast is part of the concealcarry.com network brought to you by Access Sites, the fastest sites in any light. Today, we'll be talking with Neil Widener from Active Self-Protection about marketing. Before we jump into this week's podcast, quick reminder that we only have a couple weeks before the Guardian Conference on September 17th through the 19th in Oklahoma City for an opportunity to train from some of the best trainers in the nation, including some of our guests like Jeff Gonzalez, Riley Bowman, Steve Moses, Todd Fossey, Brian McLaughlin, and Andrew Bronca. If you're worried about ammo, they have ammo for the conference attendees. Go to guardianconference.com for more info to register and to see their deal on ammo. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website, ftaprotect.com, to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the ConcealedCarry.com business directory. Did you know that you can get a free listing for your instruction business on ConcealedCarry.com? Visit biz.concealedcarry.com and add your business for free. It will be searchable online and to potential students who use the concealedcarry.com mobile app. Claim your listing today. Today, we're joined by instructor Neil Widener from Active Self-Protection. Welcome, Neil. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Before we dive into our topic today, uh, could you give our listeners a little bit about who Neil Widener is and maybe what you do at Active Self-Protection also? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Uh, my position at Active Self-Protection is the chief marketing officer, which is a fancy way of saying that I, I manage the relationships between the company and our, uh, our sponsors that are direct sponsors of the different channels, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or our upcoming, we've got an upcoming podcast that we're developing right now as well. So um, that's, my, that's my main job. Then the other side of it is I'm the uh, I'm the guy that kind of handles all of the training and scheduling of all of our training classes. So we we have a uh, what we call the Cover Your Ask tour, and we travel around do a two day shooting class that that is basically based off of uh, you know the evidence that we've seen on video um, over the you know thirty some thousand videos that John has analyzed that says, here's the skills, the, the main skills you're going to need to win an armed encounter. And we work on that for a couple of days. And it's a really fun class. We've, I think we've hit now 38 different States that we've taught this class in and it's a, it's a blast to do. And, and I get to, I get to line everything up and line up the, the host and the range and students and all of that kind of stuff. So um, that's the other side of what I do. That sounds uh, really good, which is part of the reason why we brought you on on the uh, podcast today, because we've had uh, John on before and he talked about the social media presence, but one of the things that active self-protection's done, and I think, you know, if you're in the 2A community and don't know, you know who John Korea is and active self-protection, um, you know, you've been living underneath a rock because I've seen those videos quoted time and time again. And, you know, it, it's you know, the question comes to my mind is, you know, how do you go along market and make, you know, make, make yourself known that well, and you being the chief marketing officer, I think can, uh, can give us maybe a few insights on how we can go along <laughs> and, uh, maybe, maybe market ourselves or make our marketing dollars more effective from an instructor standpoint. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a lot of different things that we can do to market ourselves, but the, the biggest thing is to have a product that's very marketable 
And, you know, I, I think that's where sometimes folks struggle a little bit uh, in that, you know, they've got, you know, they, they, they have a little bit of an inflated view of who they are or what their what their specific media is worth. And and it gives them, you know, it gives a company a real challenge to say, hey, I'm going to give you a bunch of money or I'm going to give you a bunch of product or, or whatever, um, because there isn't going to be a real return on that for a while. And so the the probably the biggest challenge that, that I have or that anybody has in this world is in, in the world of social media, podcasts, YouTube, whatever you want, whatever your media is, is helping you know, our sponsors or potential sponsors find that differentiation between the, the marketing dollars and the sales dollars. Sales is a completely different animal. And when you look at a fortune 100 company or a fortune 500 company, um, you know, they don't have a marketing and, uh, slash sales department very often. There's a marketing department and a sales department. Um, and they understand that it's two different arms to make your company well, uh, you know, grow in, in the direction that you want it to. So, you know, I think we've got to be able to help people understand that, that, listen, um, I understand you might be a smaller mom and pop company that doesn't have a ton of marketing dollars, but if you expect to get back the $300 you gave me in the next three months, it might not happen, but I can help grow your brand recognition. And that's where I think we as instructors sometimes struggle a little bit in that, you know, we, we say, well, yeah, if you give me that 300 bucks or whatever the number is, I'm going to get you that money back, you know, twofold or, or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and then sponsors don't come back and they get a bad, you know, they get a bad flavor in their mouth and they don't come back to other people as well. Uh, and it causes us all some challenges. So, you know, my my biggest job here is probably to help those guys understand the difference between that sales and the marketing side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because definitely, uh, you know, ASP, Active Self-Protection, that's a brand, as I said in the intro, that, you know, most everybody probably in the 2A community uh, recognizes very quickly. But going along and, um, you know, creating those relationships with those uh, advertisers and, you know, yeah. to, ma- to make sure it's a win-win both ways, because, right. you know, win for you is going to be a little different than the win for the, for your, uh, you know, for the vendor, uh, for it. Yeah. And you've got to make sure those, uh, match up properly because you probably aren't going to be bringing millions of uh, new people to, to buy their products, but you're probably going to get, you know, a million people that are going to look at their products and potentially give it a, give it a thought. And then you get, get into the sales cycle about, you know, how many people that see it actually become engaged and buy their product. Right. And it's, you know, and, and, you know, the word that you said there that really resonates with me is the relationship and, you know, and, and really what we've got to do is build a relationship with these different companies, you know, whoever the the company may be in, you know, one of the, our, our longest time sponsors is Mantis that's been with us for several years now, um, you know, and we have a great relationship with those guys, you know, with Austin and, uh, you know, one of the, I've, I've got a real good relationship. I have a, I text at least once a week with one of their guys there uh, that's one of the engineering guys. And I'm like, hey, have you thought of this? And, um, and oh yeah, we've got that on the list or no, I haven't thought of that. Or he may text me and say, hey, Neil, would you go test this thing? Or, um, you know, we really want to push the laser Academy thing. Would you guys test this thing out and maybe make a couple of videos about it and tell us what you think. And, and so we've, we've got to be very, you know, I think we're really good friends uh, and we're, we're out to help each other out. Um, and from the the perspective of a YouTube channel or a podcast or a Facebook page or whatever your medium is, 
I think what we really need to do is, um, you know, it needs to be a win-win scenario for sure, but it, but it needs to be a better win for the sponsor than it does for us. Um, you know, and, and as I did this, I was telling you earlier when, um, this summer when we met at that MAG 40 class, you know, I've been doing this full time for John uh, just a little over a year now. Uh, prior to that, I did this part time as a second job for three years uh, while I was working another job, 70 hours a week. And, and, you know, it was pretty difficult, but we've got to build that up and, and really manage our expectations that, you know, it's not going to be an overnight thing. And I, I do think people look at af- active self-protection, they go, wow, that was just an overnight success. And I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> overnight over 10 years. So about 3000 nights, but you know, or 3,500 nights, but yeah, I, I get, yeah, that's an overnight success. It sure is. Um, but you know, it's a labor of love and, and I think we've all put a whole lot into it. John's put so much into this thing, uh, really put himself out there and, and learned a lot, taken a lot of training. Um, and he's made a product that's pretty easy for me to market. So that's, that's the other side of it is if, if you, if you don't have a product that you can market, it's a lot, it's a real uphill battle. And, and for us, it's, it's, it's still an uphill slope, but it's not an uphill battle. And when I'm uh, over the weekend, I teach an instructor class. And one of the things that came up was, you know, have, you know, has anybody seen a situation like this? And it's like, yes, John Korea on active self-protection did this. And it gives you, you know, teachable moments because it takes it out of being the theoretical when you're trying to te- teach instructors yeah. and actually trying to, and giving them something they can go along and use that with their students. Because I think everybody who listens knows that, you know, we as instructors, we know a lot of theor- theoretical things, but when we can go along and actually transfer that into something solid that they can see, they can touch, they can feel, it really makes, makes, you know, connecting the dots better for them. And that's where, you know, John's videos, you know, you say he's done over 30,000 and I'm sure he's done even more analysis on those. It just never made the uh, channel. Oh yeah. Um, yep. You know, that's, that's pretty amazing because some of the nuances that he picks up in the channels, uh, you know, even I'm taking notes from that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, one of the things that we see is that, you know, a lot of that historical knowledge that we've trained on for the last 10 years or 30 years or 50 years isn't necessarily how those scenarios go. And mm-hmm. so we're starting to get some, you know, I don't know how statistically valid it is, but when you start like in 30, 35,000 scenarios, there is some significance to that. You know, and the, you know, the, the three yards, three shots, three seconds thing, uh, you know, that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, you know, if you look at it on video and, and maybe it is, maybe we're completely wrong, but boy, it sure doesn't, you don't see it on video very often that way. Uh, and I think that that three yards, three seconds, you know, three shots thing comes from, you know, law enforcement, you know, their three are, they're, they're reacting much uh, closer and their scenarios happen a lot faster, but we're civilians. You know, our stuff is mm-hmm. more like, you know, seven yards or 15 yards, um, you know, and it's more like two seconds, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I, you know, statistically speaking, maybe someday there will be a database that is out there that says, here's what we know, maybe someday. But uh, but until that's there, you know, I think we can just look at the data that we're getting anecdotally and say, listen, it's it's a little different than we thought. And we need to be open as instructors to teach different stuff. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, this, just this last weekend, I took uh, John Murphy's Street Encounters class uh, with uh, with Natalie, the Range Monkey. She's on. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a new face on the channel that we're doing videos once a week with her, and she's my daughter, so uh, my 19 year old daughter. And and uh, we went and took that class, 
And we started the class by watching videos and here's some real scenarios. And, and the funny thing was that we're watching some of these scenarios and, you know, John Murphy and I are friends, we know each other. And he's like, well, here's the one that you were on, on the main channel of Neil, you know, that, that the snow shovel thing that happened in Pennsylvania. Um, I was in Phoenix when all that happened. And John's like, Hey, let's do this one together and let's break this thing down together. Mostly because the victims there had a 15 year old special needs son. And so do I. And so that was very near and dear to my heart to actually break that down and, and work with him on that. But, but Murphy's showing this in his class and he's like, here's how this stuff happens. And, you know, and that was just one of about 10 videos we watched. And then we went out, and we worked on some scenarios that are self-defense like street encounter kind of thing. So highly recommend that class, but, but the video is, is changing the industry a lot. Um, and it, you know, and, and, and just like I was just saying, I mean, I think Murphy's got a very marketable product in that he's put something together. That's a little bit unique and, um, and puts things together to help people, you know, maybe be, maybe be more prepared when they're on the street. So, uh, it, it makes his marketing a little bit easier, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, most definitely. And video has changed, you know, civilian gun, uh, <coughs> gun training and just like it's, you know, law enforcement, you know, videos have changed that because what, you know, I thought I did that until you look at the video dash cam or body cam, like, wait a minute, that wasn't exactly the way it truly went down. You know, you forgot a few things and the same thing. Um, you know, I'm old enough to remember several of the wars that the U S has been in. And <laughs> but when you get to the most current ones, what are we seeing? We're, we're seeing, you know, live, uh, feeds coming directly from uh drones yeah. that are overhead or from uh cameras that these uh, soldiers are you know you go you go back to uh go go back to the original invasion of our uh iraq back in 1991 or go go to grenada or panama you know all those type you know we didn't have any of that i mean if anything there was a news reporter that was embedded in, into a uh platoon that came back and had some pictures in time magazine or on front page of a newspaper and that's where having a more current will allow us to uh better critique our training and also yeah. go along and find more effective ways because one of the things I'm always telling my instructors is, you know, if you're not learning something new or testing your hypothesis about things, then you're teaching old information. And that yeah. goes back, you know, just 10 years. Uh, things have changed you know, because why yeah. everybody's carrying striker fires predominantly now, 20 years yep. ago, people were uh, carrying the double action, single action kind of SIGs and Berettas. And before that, what we were, everybody was carrying revolvers because everybody knew a revolver was the most reliable thing in the world. And all those things, have, <laughs> yep. all those have been uh, proven did not be the case all the times. Um, you know, they still have their places, but you know, we're in the striker fire world now. And what are we seeing in the last two years? red dots yeah and you know they're you know they're probably going to be predominant you know production in in the next five years or something else will come over it and that's where you know yeah yeah, i always stress upon instructors to come across to make sure they're staying up on things because if you're still still using just the old iron sights you know and you're and you're 1911 you you're missing the boat when it comes to striker fire, when it comes to all the other pistols, yep. uh, that, that are out there and the t- technology that goes along with it. We've got to stay yeah. current, especially as instructors to be able to give our students the best information possible. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, you know, we had a scenario once uh, a couple of years ago and it was actually here in South Dakota, you know, this is where I live. John's in Phoenix stuff and I live up in South Dakota, but we were going to do one of our, uh, cover your ass tour stops in South Dakota and we had a range lined up to go do this on. And about three weeks before 
the class was scheduled to go live, uh, one of their board members at the at this range um, decided to kind of block that that and said that you know there's no reason to do that. That's that's not a great class, and uh, you know we're we're not interested in having you here. After I'd already <laughs> paid them some money, and I'm like, wow, well you know now I've got. 20 people coming to South Dakota to train for two days and I got nowhere to do it. So I'm jumping through hoops to try to find another, another range. And, um, I called the guy that didn't want us there. And I, you know, we talked, we'd, we'd, we actually both teach the South Dakota concealed carry stuff. So we know who each other is. And I, 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 as far as I know, there's no bad blood or anything along those lines. He just didn't see the value in the class, um, and didn't want his range to be part of that. So, I told him like, Hey, I tell you what, how about I give you a free spot in the class and you can come over and just hang out and see what we're about. You know, even if we don't do it at your range, cause I had another range already lined up and I'm like, but if you want, there's a free spot for you. And he said a quote to me that I will never, ever forget. I hope um, that he said, I teach classes. I don't take them. Um, and that was all I needed to know about that instructor. And, and, uh, you know, and I, I see his truck drive around with his, you know, he's got his decal right on the side of the, you know, the door of his pickup and he teaches CCW classes, um, concealed carry classes, but, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen some of the stuff and, and had students that have taken his CCW classes that have then come and taken some of ours. They're like, why? We never got to draw our gun in that class. I, we never, we never talked about holsters at all. And I'm like, well, how are you concealing your gun? You know, how did you get through a concealed carry class? without talking about concealing a gun, you know, and that, that it just blows my mind that that would be where we are in this, in this industry that, you know, we're, we're teaching something that we don't have, that we're not really doing ourselves. And so that, that's a bit of a challenge to me. And I think that as instructors, you know, the day that we go six or eight months or, you know, I guess in, in the, in the, in the time of COVID six or eight months without a class is probably okay. I get it. But if you're going a year or two years without a class, um, you're making you're making bad decisions, I think, and that's that, that's me personally. I, you get to do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm not here to tell people what to do, but uh, you know my my opinion still matters, I think. And uh, you know I take a ton of classes, and I, I there I have yet to walk into a class and not learn something. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm 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 by no means a genius, but I'm not an idiot either. So I gotta believe that other people should have the same experience as I do. I've got two classes uh, scheduled uh, before the end of this year. One of them's a beginning shotgun course, and I've taken shotgun oh. courses before. But the thing is, it's a highly recommended instructor, and I don't shoot my shotgun as nearly as much as I do my pistol. And it'd be nice to knock the rust off that a little bit. You know, it's probably been a year since I've shot the shotgun. And yep. hey, I'm you know. If I, if we go through some beginning drills, that's perfectly fine and make sure everything's working right, making sure I'm still doing things properly. And then I'm also going to be taking a uh, red dot course and, and I'm uh, already using a red dot. I'm very yep. proficient with it, feeling good, but Scott Jelinski talked to him last year, couldn't get into his class last year, this year made, made time and I'm going to go into his class and that's, oh, that th- is- yeah, yeah. And those are both things that, Hey, I've, I know I'm doing. But at the same time, yep. I'm not above going along, taking a class to uh, put a little bit more polish on it or knock the rust off of it. You know, those those types of things. And that's that's going to make yeah. me a better instructor because I can pass on those little nuggets that I get onto my students. And that, that's how I add value from my standpoint over me, over somebody else, because, hey, I've taken these courses in the last year and I can give you the yep. most up to date information. Well, and you can also kind of figure out who you should, because, because typically at the end of every class, people are like, well, what's next? What should I do next? 
Um, you know, and I get that as a, you know, sometimes as a regional uh, instructor, guys are, are going to go, well, take my pistol 102 or my shotgun, 102, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. Um, but also to say, listen, you know, if you really want to learn the red dot, the gold standard here is Scott Chetelinski. That's the guy, um, you know, and, and I took him once and this, I learned so much, you know, or, you know, that's the kind of thing, uh, that I think we as instructors need to be able to do and maybe not be so, so, you know, if, if you're trying to bite into their wallet and not let go, you're not an instructor anymore. You're just trying to use them as an ATM, I think. And, and, um, if you're, if your goal is to help them become better self-defenders and better shooters, um, you're going to hopefully, uh, uh, you know, approach that just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes back to what we do with our marketing stuff. You know, it, it isn't about the dollars every time. Now, of course I need to eat, right. I'm a big fat guy. So I got to get, I got to get all the stuff in here. I don't like ramen noodles every night of the you know week, but uh, so, so money is important as well. We've got to take care of ourselves, but if we make it better for them than it is for us, they're going to come back and over the long haul, you're going to win. And so that's, that's kind of been our thing. And, you know, and I think on the, to the social media side of that, um, you know, everybody tells you that, you know, just don't go in and read the comments. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we talk about all the time, but if you don't engage in those comments, you don't get people to come back and you don't grow your stuff and, and it hurts it, man, I tell you it, it, every time. So I do the suck less Saturday series on our extra channel. Um, and at first everybody's super nice, right? Cause new face it's Neil, he's the marketing guy, you know, there's no real expectation, but now that I've been a couple years into this thing, now it's like, Oh, you know, that, that, that old fat man, he can't, you know, he's going to die of, of, you know, you know, heart attack long before anybody shoots him. And I'm like, well, you know, if I die, if, if, if the Burger King outdraws me, then I deserve it. But, you know, I like my, I like my cheeseburgers and fries and, you know, and you don't know my life, you know, uh, you know, when you're, when, when you're, when you're walking in my shoes, then you can make those decisions, but you have to get into the, the comments and engage with those folks uh, so that you can continue to build your brand. Cause if you don't have a brand, there's nothing to sell to a sponsor. And that's a challenge. And hey, Neil, I just wanted for the record. Okay. I cast a shadow on you. Okay. So when you talk <laughs> about being a big guy, you're not big until you were uh, my big. Okay. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I know, but it was fun when we were at with Meg, Meg 40 and Moss was like, all right, pair up with somebody your size. And we just locked eyes. And we're like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. And you were pushing it. It's like, come on, you got to push a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I got you I by, a, I got you by a few pounds there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not usually, I'm usually the biggest guy in class. So it was kind of, it's, not, it's fun to sometimes be oversized by somebody mm-hmm. else. So that's yep. all right. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, you were talking about, uh, engaging with your audience and I'll pass this on, uh, the first year of this podcast, um, got very few emails, like less than a handful in the la- in the second year of the podcast, been getting a couple dozen, uh, emails. And one of the things <laughs> those emails have really done, they've suggested some great topics, things that in my own right? little instructor mind is like, well, everybody knows this. Well, wait a minute, you know? You know, we yeah. should all, we all should know the dangers of lead and other heavy chemicals around the range. But when somebody goes along and says, it'd be really good to hear this in a little bit more detail about why we teach our students that all the time. It's like, that's a great topic. And I know the listeners, longtime listeners know that we've done that. We've done a numerous, uh, topics that have been suggested by, uh, the listeners and that just, it helps with the engagement and also quite frankly, it keeps everything fresh. We, you know, we don't want to go along and be doing the same thing over and over again. And 
being, being fresh also allows us to engage with our vendors and making sure they understand that, Hey, we're keeping our listeners, uh, you know, they're our listeners. I'm very fortunate to have very dedicated listeners. Um, you know, we've got yep. long said I'm in the top 2% of the podcast worldwide. That is a position I never thought I would ever be in top 10%. I've been happy with, but in the top yeah. 2% is uh, just kind of uh, mind blow blowing for me, but that's because we've got dedicated listeners. And at the same time, uh, you know, we've got interesting topics for people. Yep. Well, and you've built something that people are interested in and then you engage with them and they come back and they bring their friends and that's how that works. And you know, the, the sad thing is the other side of that is it also brings out the trolls sometime. And um, you know, if, if anybody watches the extra channel where we do any of our shooting, John always, John wears those little kitty cat ears on his, on his uh, hearing protection. Mm -hmm. And man, that, that makes the, the, you know, the armchair operators, they don't like that. And they, you know, and, and the comments just get silly and, you know, I can't take this guy serious because he's wearing something silly. And I'm like, you know, if, if what somebody is, what somebody else is wearing affects your opinion of the message, I think that's a, that's a you problem, not necessarily a him problem. And, um, and, you know, frankly, John's not going to take those cat ears off. So either, you know, take the message or don't, and that's fine. But, but, uh, you know, I don't have the thick skin that John has, <laughs> so you can take that. And Amanda, I mean, sometimes I'm like, man, I, I, uh, I got some advice once, uh, from a social media person that, uh, that told me that's like, if you have any, um, emotional investment in that comment, do not respond. Um, if you take the emotion out of it, because, you know, sometimes they're just trying to get you. Sometimes they're a troll. Sometimes they have a good point and you're just, you know, so if there's emotion there, stay out of it. So most of the time I stay out of it, <laughs> but, uh, but it doesn't, but you know, it doesn't hurt less sometimes, but whatever, you just got to mm -hmm. keep moving forward. But yep. if you don't include them, they don't come back. Yep, definitely. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things, you know, with Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, we're engaged by a multitude of people across society. And I realize, you know, some, some of the comments I see from time to time are from non-instructors, you know, they don't quite understand it or from instructors that maybe got a chip on their shoulders, you know, different things like that. And that's where you've got to really kind of divorce yourself from getting too emotionally engaged and realize that, Hey, you know, this is not indicative of, uh, what, what the message I'm trying to get across. And, you know, I want to engage on a more positive tone with things and you know, yeah. people, people go to our Facebook page and different things like that. I'm sure see that I keep things uh, very positive because as instructors, we've got a whole mountain of negative things that we can focus on, but if we're going to be the best instructors, we've got to go along and look at things. It's like, okay, that was a really rough class today, but tomorrow we're going to make it better. We're going to go along and, you know, cover those same topics and make sure the shooters can be the best, uh, students, best shooters they can be. Yeah, exactly. And, and prepare them for potentially the worst day of their life. Oh yeah. And so, and, and we've really got to be open to that criticism sometimes. And we've got a, <clears throat> we've got a thing going right now. We've got the active self-protection instructor certification. Um, and it's, it's, it's maybe one of our better things that we've got going on right now because it's been really fun and eye-opening um, in that, you know, John and I have taken a fair amount of training. John, John's probably over 1500 hours of gun school. I'm probably around a thousand hours in the you know, and we're talking the last three, four years. Um, Steph's probably at eight, 900 hours. So, so we go to classes a lot. Um, and what we've seen in these classes is there's a lot of great instructors that know a lot of great technique, but they're not the greatest teachers. 
Um, and so, you know, and there's other places to get certified as an instructor, you know, the NRA can certify you, you can get range master certification, you can get red dot certification, you can mm-hmm. get six hours or, you know, there's, there's so many certification programs out there, but, um, most of them are focused around, uh, teaching the gun and how well you shoot. Um, there's not really a lot out there about the, the teaching side of things and learn, you know, and, and, and teaching adult learners specifically, uh, you know, the knife hand thing that some of these instructors bring to the class turns most people off. Uh, you know what I mean? And, and we've, you've taken a class where the guy's got his knife hand out for half the day. And that's, those are not a fun class. And I don't, we don't go back to those very often. Um, but if they can put their knife hand away and sheath that thing and teach you as an adult, uh, you know, a technique and come alongside you, you know, there's, there's the, the great ones that are, that do that, or, you know, the Tim Herons of the world that they come right alongside you and meet you where you are with no hostility and no, a knife hand of no, how dare you do that? Um, or how in the world do you not know this already kind of attitude? Um, that's a big deal. And you learn more in that. So, um, we run a, we run them in what we call cohorts and we're on cohort three right now. So we've run the, this, we're just starting our third one. Um, we do, it's a six month program. It's kind of a distance learning thing. We do a, a WebEx once a week. We've got, uh, Samuel Middlebrook is running that for us. So he's, he's on staff at ASP as well. And um, so once a week, he leads a WebEx conversation around different things for teaching adult learners, or have you seen this on the range? Or, uh, you know, we have different topics every single week, and everybody comes in together from different parts of the country and shares this. And man, the stories that we that, that, that come out, um, and they're smaller groups. So, you know, people are able to be a little bit more open and honest with each other. And, you know, the egos go away pretty quick when you, when you're talking with a bunch of friends. Um, and then we, uh, about a month into it, we, everybody comes to South Dakota and meets at the range that, that we use here in Sioux Falls. And we do a three day class in person and then go finish out the rest of the six months. And, um, the, the camaraderie and the networking that people are able to do there, plus the things that they learn through the, you know, it's, it's more times reading books and learning about teaching people than it is about shooting. And it's just a different kind of a program. And it's, it's been really, really wonderful to see this thing start to develop. And I think cohort four is already full and we're filling up number five uh, as we speak. And it's, it's just a really interesting thing. And I think instructors are looking for stuff like that. Um, but there's just not a ton of that out there. So if you want to go learn how to shoot in three days and get a certain walk home with a piece of paper that says you're certified, those are all over the place, but not a lot of, um, you know, I, I would say this is uh, distance learning, like college level stuff. <clears throat> um, you know, John was a college professor for a number of years. Uh, and so he brings that to the table and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, so John and Steph, and Sam and I all sat down and put this thing together and we worked on it for about a year before we rolled it out. And it's, it's been going very, very well. So we're, we're really proud of it and excited to keep that thing going. Good. Maybe one of these times, uh, if you come out East, maybe, uh, maybe I'll be able to join that because I've heard a lot of good things, uh, from some of our guests, um, about, oh, cool. about that. So it's, uh, really good. It's fun. I love it. Sounds good. Well, hey, uh, Neil, we could probably sit here and talk for quite a while because we've both got quite a bit of background uh, in doing things. But uh, thank you for the information on the marketing uh, today. That's going to be really helpful. Got one question been asking all our guests. Can you recommend a book or instructor that you think other instructors should uh, definitely uh, check out to improve themselves? 
Um, yes. Uh, you know, the, the book that, uh, and it's been about a year or so since I read this thing, but there's one called the talent code and the, uh, author is evading me right now. Um, but it's about, um, it, it's really about learning and the myelination in our brains of how we learn things in the different neural pathways. Um, it's, it's about deep learning and, um, just how we, how we as the humans uh, learn things. And I, I, it, it, it talks about the, the myelination of the different pathways uh, as we do things and, and as we move our bodies in specific ways. And I think that was the way that really helped me understand when I'm working on my draw stroke. And I, uh, I, I'm pretty quick with a gun. I can get my gun into the fight pretty quick or, you know, shots on target pretty quick. Um, but understanding how to do that and the fluidity of it, uh, you know, I, most of this goes to uh, Scott Jedelinski, most of the props, because he taught me how to do it. But then understanding why he taught me that way uh, has made it even better and helped me improve more. So that book that called The Talent Code is, man, I would highly recommend that to any instructor so that they can understand how people learn and what's going on in their brain as they do repetitions, um, you know, micro drills and all of that kind of stuff means so much more once you understand how that's how that reaction and what's going on in your brain. So that would be a big one. I'll put that into the uh, notes because I think that would be really good for instructors to understand what their students are going through um, yeah. and how they learn because sometimes, and every instructor probably has one of these. It's like, why don't they understand? Why, do, why are they still doing this the wrong way when I've told them 10 times already? And there's normally, yep. normally, you know, there's something that the instructor's not recognizing that's preventing it from being, um, being understood completely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think it, it made me a better instructor and a better student um, and helps me focus a little bit more and pay more attention to the details in a class because I'm like, this is going to mean something later. Um, I find myself carrying a notebook at, in when I'm at, there as a student because I'm writing down either the great one-liners that everybody has <laughs> so that I can, so I can repeat those later or the, you know, the, the nuance to this specific training. And, uh, you know, just this last weekend, I came home with probably five pages of notes. Um, and it's the second time I've taken John Murphy's class. So um, I think that's, that's a big thing. And, and I think that book has been a big uh, help for me. Great. Appreciate it. If instructors want to find out a little more about Neil Widener and active self-protection, where can they find the information at? Oh, well, YouTube's always a good one. Uh, if you go to active self-protection or active self-protection extra, you can see me there. Uh, active self-protection.com has some bio stuff we, um, about, you know, all of us on the team, John, Steph, and I, um, we probably need to get a bio up there of Sam one of these days, but, uh, you know, it's, everything's always fluid, but that would probably be the best way. And if anybody wants to, uh, just chat or whatever, my email is Neil at active self-protection. Um, I'm always looking for conversations there. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy, I'm, I'm a big dry fire junkie. And so I run the, the, we have the ASP dry fire challenge on Facebook. There's I don't know, 35, 3,700 people that get in there and we do, um, uh, twice a month, we do a dry fire challenge where, um, you know, it's, it's all on your honor. Cause I, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, but I'm like, here's the assignment dry fire this many times this week, go watch this video and then fill out this Google form. And I'm going to draw a winner. And recently what we've been doing is we've been getting some of our friends, some, uh, you know, different instructors to do uh, zoom lessons with our winners. 
And uh, so, you know, I've, I've got to hook people up with, you know, the Tim Herons of the world and Brian Hills. And, and if I had to give you an instructor uh, that I would say, go take a class with, I would say Tim Heron or Brian Hill are the two best kept secrets um, in the industry. Those two are just amazing people, but uh, those two and they're friends. And so uh, we've got to hook people up to go spend an hour with one of those guys just for dry firing and give them and me your email address. I don't sell the email address. I don't, I, I don't collect any of that kind of stuff or any, you know, uh, marketing or anything along those lines. I'm just like, Hey guys, here's what we got. Um, once in a while, Mantis will come in and give us a unit to give away or one of our other sponsors, you know, the range tech guys give us timers to give away or, or whatever. And, um, I, I run the suck less Saturday thing. So we do you know, patches for that. But if you want to join the group, man, we, you, all you got to do is come in. You got to answer the question and say who the sponsor is and the sponsor of it is Mantis. Uh, and then we let you in. If you don't answer the question, then we just don't let people in. Cause we keep, we're, we're trying to keep it, you know, you want to keep the trolls away that might give us some challenges there. Mm-hmm. Um, we monitor it real close. So it stays very positive, but man, there's people that will post videos of themselves doing dry fire. And then you get some real experts that are in the group. You know, like I said, like Tim Heron and Brian Hill are part of that group. Uh, John and I and staff and Sam and all the, all the rest of the ASP team are part of that group. So when people do videos of themselves, you know, there, we can give them some feedback on, Hey, look at your shoulder or think about your hips or whatever. And, uh, it's, it's a really fun and engaging group and I love running it. That's, that's kind of one of my favorite things at the moment is just hanging out with those folks. And, um, what was really, really interesting. And I realized it was a very engaged group was that uh, we had a little uh, a family scenario that uh, some issues with some health with our son that kind of pulled me away for a few weeks. And the amount of messages I got from complete strangers that I tracked back to the dry fire group uh, was amazing. Because <laughs> I, I posted in there, I'm like, guys, we're not going to do a challenge for a few weeks because I got some some issues I got to deal with at home. And, uh, you know, the, we're, you know, people just you know, calling and texting and sending private messages and stuff was, it's, it's an amazing group and I love being part of it. And I love, I love that it's kind of mine to run and, um, you know, John and Steph really stay out of it and let me do my thing in there. And I, so I just have a lot of fun with it. That's great. I will look that up and, uh, include that in the show notes also. Yeah. Well, Neil, thanks again for your time. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me. I'd love to do this again sometime. Um, and, um, and, and I want to t- take another class with you. I'm excited to, to hang out with you because because you outshot me at uh, Mag 40 <laughs> and my ego is is still bruised from that. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up, Neil, you know, <laughs> uh, no, I uh, that's you know, that's the thing. So every class I take, I feel like I finished like, you know, in the top three of the shooters or top four of the shooters or whatever. Uh, I'm very rarely the top shooter in the class. So um, but uh, and it's always a mental thing. It's it, it, it's very, you know, once in a while, there's just better shooters there, but to, to my, my challenges, it's always a mental thing. And I have a little mental break and you got to witness a, a mental break at, of epic proportions. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jordan, who beat us both in the mag 40 yeah. class, got a special call out on the, the episode following mag 40. So yeah. oh, we, man. We, he, we, we both still had those, uh, that moment to where, you know, Jordan still got a couple extra shots, uh, points over what we did. Yeah, that's, and you know what? He shot well, and that's the mm-hmm. thing, you know, the, the, the mental game of this thing is so much more of it than, than the rest of us think. So, but man, I, you know, if anybody ever questions your shooting acumen, I will testify that you are a shooter and, uh, I, I consider myself above average and, and, uh, and you, you hung, you did well. I was impressed. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's a wrap for this episode. This week's podcast winner 
as Michael M. And they won a Tom pepper spray. Next week, we are giving away a package of nine millimeter dummy ammo. Great for training. Visit podcast.concealedcarry.com to enter in for our weekly prize giveaway. Remember, you can't win without entering, and your entries do not carry over from week to week. If you have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions, and guests to have, or feedback, please email me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Check out the Guardian Conference on September 17th through the 19th in Oklahoma City at guardianconference.com. Remember to check out our website where you can search for various topics from marketing to instructor training at farmtrainerpodcast.com, or you can leave us a comment on an episode there also. Share our podcasts on social media so other instructors can get the same great information you're getting today. Also, visit our sponsors, especially Farm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.